You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Cherish prayer, and I know Merge Men's Prayer has been a rock for my husband and I. And um, in going to Cherish Prayer every single week, I realized, and I was chatting with Pastor Stacy about this, that there is this hunger to pray with authority right now in both the men and the women of our campus. It's extraordinary to be able to see it, just this hunger for learning how to pray with authority, learning how to you know, step out of comfort zones and all these things. And I was chatting with Pastor Stacy, and I realized, I wonder what that ceiling is. It's like I see the, I see the heart, I see you know, the, the willingness to step out, but there's just something that is just not quite right. And so I went to the Lord about it, and I was praying, and I feel like God gave me a very simple, revelation that I'm going to uh, share with you guys tonight. So the title of my message is Knowing Jesus. <laughs> Knowing Jesus. I could honestly preach about Jesus uh, for a very long time. Don't worry. I'm going to stay within time for tonight. But it is about knowing Jesus, you guys. It really is not overcomplicated. Nothing about this, the gospel is too complex for anybody to wrap their mind around. It's for every single person. But if we don't have a foundation of knowing Jesus personally, then nothing else works. Every single thing hinges upon your own personal relationship with Jesus. And I see people come in and, you know, it's like the different phases of coming to Awaken Church. At first you're like stunned or like intrigued or like, oh my gosh, what's happening down there? Like, oh my gosh, this could happen in church. And then you're like, okay, maybe I can raise my hands during worship. Or some of you are coming, you're like, finally, I can raise my hands during worship and no one thinks it's weird. And so there's all these different experiences that people have and a broad range of experiences that people have when they come into this house. But no matter what background you're in, whether you are the most religious person with like a extreme religion background, or if you are like charismatic, like I fly with Jesus in my free time, wherever you find yourself, if you don't stand on the rock, which is Christ, if you don't have your own personal time where you learn to hear the voice of God, if you don't take the time to go to your word, then nothing else works. And maybe you can come in and you can, you know, like it says when you're in atmosphere of faith, that other people's faith, you can grab a miracle off of their faith. And maybe that works for a season, but I guarantee you, it is not going to work for your life. And so tonight, I am going to cover three different areas for you and for us as a church so that you can know in your heart of hearts that you know Jesus. Amen. Amen. So my first point is this. Know your identity. Know your identity. And I've been a Christian since I was a fourth grader. So I've been walking with Jesus for a bit of time. But I was honestly very religious about my faith because I was in a religious church. I have a Presbyterian and Baptist roots, Calvinism roots. For those of you guys that know what that is, if not, then you're probably better off, to be honest. (laughs) 
But I really took my religion with God seriously. And I wanted to check all the boxes. I wanted to be good. I wanted to do the right thing. I went through everything, and yet I kept hitting the ceiling. And I, I had anxiety, and I was a control freak internally. And I wanted everything to be good but I couldn't do it on my own. And that's the problem with religion, is that it is exhausting. And I look at our world today, and I think, oh my goodness, if they just knew Jesus. Because the world outside of church takes, maybe they don't have religion to exhaust them and make them tired, but they have social justice. And you're hearing it in the media, you're hearing it on social media, I'm just so tired. I'm tired of being tired. And it's because it is a black hole. There's no rock to stand on when it comes to religion. But when you stand on the rock and you say, Lord, I surrender everything to you. I wanna know you. Then everything begins to shift. Everything begins to shift. You don't have to depend on somebody else to get your miracle. You can look to the heavens and you can pull down from heaven what you need. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. When I came to this church, my posture, if I were to be honest with you, was that, of this, a beggar. Like, Lord, if you would just, I know you can do it, God, but if it's your will, if not, it's okay. But if it's your will, Lord, please have mercy on me. That was my posture. And it wasn't until I learned my true identity as a believer, because yes, we start out as sinners, but then we are saved by grace. And on the other side of that, we pick up our cross daily as justified Christians. And what that means is that we are fully surrendered and obedient, but in the eyes of God and in the eyes of the enemy, we are holy, we are righteous, and that is where our authority comes from. And it is time, church, for us to shift our identity from what it was in the past as sinners and beggars and step into our true identity as righteous, justified sons and daughters of the Most High. And I guarantee you and I prophesy that as we get this revelation that's so simple, yet so life-changing, that our families will be transformed, our marriages will be transformed, how we parent will be different, how we do friendships will look different, how we interact with the world will be completely different. Different, and people will be drawn in because they will see the light instead of, ew, why would I want to be a sinner that has to beg for everything? How is that even a light to the world? It's not. That's exactly how the world is already. So how are we going to be the contrast? It's by knowing our true identity. In Romans 8.15, it says this, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. I love that line. Let me read it again, just for a little. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought you out, brought you out of and into your adoption. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we also may share in his glory. How amazing, how rich is that scripture? You and I, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, become co-heirs in Christ. That means that when the enemy looks at us, when Satan sees us, he sees Jesus. He sees royal priesthood. He sees co-heirs, which means we have the authority, not him. It shifts everything. So if you have been lacking that authority, if you come to women's prayer and you come to men's prayer and you look at these giants of faith that pray, you know, and things happen, then God wants that for you too. But it has to start with your identity. Point number two, it's time to leave the crowd. (laughs) It is time to leave the crowd. I think it is time for some people in here to leave the crowd. If you look at the life of Jesus, a crowd always was nearby. So when I say crowd, I'm not talking about the world. I'm actually talking about the church. I believe that there is a lot of people that come and sit in a pew, but they are not followers of Jesus. They are a part of a crowd. Because when I look at the crowd, when I study the gospel, people came from the crowd believing in Jesus, reaching for his robe and grabbing a miracle. It was not uh, something that separated the, the faithless from the faithful. But Jesus addressed the disciples and he addressed the crowd in Luke 9.23 when he said this. He addressed the crowd. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. He was drawing a line in the sand and he said, yes, you may hear about me. Yes, you may get a miracle. Yes, you may be in an atmosphere of faith, but until you take up your cross and you follow me, not your pastor taking up your cross and following them. No, no, no. When you take up your cross and leave the crowd, Then and only then will you experience the riches of what it means to be a Christian. And church, it is time for us to draw a line in the sand. Yes, our doors are always open. Yes, we pray that everyone comes in. Yes, we believe that revival is here. But I am talking as a pastor to my flock, which is you guys. And I am challenging you and believing and prophesying that tonight, many of you in here are going to say, you know what? It's time that I'm going to leave the crowd. It's time for me to take up my cross, to take up my personal responsibility, to take ownership for my own life, to take ownership over my feelings and make them submit and make them surrender. And how does that happen? By you surrendering your life by you taking up your cross and following him. And this is the thing. I am very confident because we know how to make disciples here at Awaken East Lake. We're actually really good at it. And I boast not because of how awesome 
Pastor Stacey and Pastor Mike and I are, I boast because God has called us for such a time as this, to be a light to the world. That is why we have DNA on Sundays. That is why we encourage people to go to Connect Group. That is why every single week you will hear, whoever is up here, plug men and women's prayer. Because what our job is, is to equip you to be disciples. It is our job to help you learn how to walk in authority. But until you take that personal responsibility of knowing Jesus, it's honestly, we can't do much for you. As much as I want to, and it keeps me up sometimes at night, I can't. Yes, we will always throw out the nets. Yes, we will always believe because we stand on the promises and the principles of the word of God. But until you say, you know what? Yes, I'm gonna know Jesus. Yes, I'm gonna be a follower. No, I am not gonna be ashamed of the gospel. Until that happens, until that decision takes place, there's very little, honestly, that we can do. We can continue to create atmospheres of faith and believe, and honestly, it takes some people a while. It takes some people to warm up to the idea of, you know, turning away from drugs or alcohol or turning away from being prideful or turning away from gossip or turning away from the old ways. It is uncomfortable to leave behind the comfortable, but we have to get used to the uncomfortable. We have to get used to confronting these things that Jesus said we are called to confront. We have to leave the crowd. I remember many points throughout the last few years where even Mike and I had to make decisions. Were we gonna follow the crowd or, we were, or were we going to keep everything manageable? Like not ruffle feathers, you know, just go with the stream. I don't wanna offend people. I don't want people to, you know, judge us or mis feel misrepresented. And Mike actually went to men's prayer up north uh, one week, and he came back. He's like, oh, my gosh, this guy, I didn't, I didn't even know who he was. He gave me this word, and it's for us. And the Lord reminded me of it today, actually, and I think it's a word for our campus. So the prophecy was that we were swimming upstream as salmon. And swimming upstream is hard. You're going against a current. You're going through things that are tough, rocks, up and down. Sometimes, I don't know if you've ever seen a video of salmon swimming upstream, but they literally sometimes jump out of the water, which is crazy if you think about it. I mean, that takes a lot of energy to jump out of, you know, water that's moving that way to go the opposite way. And that's how it felt in the season that we were in. But what was so powerful about that word was that he said this, Here's the thing, salmon were designed to swim upstream. God designed them to swim upstream. They don't know any other thing to do but to swim upstream. For a salmon to swim the same way as a stream would be completely confusing, completely contradicting, and it would not accomplish the purpose in which it was created, which swimming upstream is for multiplication. And I remember that word, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is for our campus. There are some of you in here that feel like you are just 
swimming upstream. And it, no matter what you're doing, it feels like, oh, I just wish I could go along with the current and like hop in one of those little rings and grab a coolie, you know? In Texas, that's what we did for fun. We floated the river like a bunch of bums. We literally would like put our cooler in one and then we would each have another one and then we'd tie them together and we'd just float slowly like two miles an hour down the river in Texas drinking beer, listening to country music. And it was awesome. <laughs> but here's the thing. At some point, it's just you got to get out. You can't just sit on your bum your whole life drinking beer, floating down a river two miles an hour. That is not what we are created to do, people. We are salmon. We are created to swim upstream. We're created to flip things upside down. In the kingdom of God, everything is reversed, what the world says. Everything. So I want to encourage you, if you feel like you're swimming upstream, you know, ask God, like, maybe you're doing the right thing. And maybe you just need to be comfortable and confident in the design that God created you to do and to be. The last point that I want to share, and then I'm going to open the altar, is retreat to advance. We retreat so that we can advance. And when I look at Jesus, the example that he gave us in the New Testament, one thing that I noticed when reading through the gospels this year was that he always went away to be with the Father. He always left the crowd. He knew that in order to fulfill his mission, he needed to stay connected to the source, not with the disciples, not with your connect groups, not even with your close friends or with your spouse. He knew that he needed to retreat. And he, he was very straightforward with the disciples about this. They were to just stay away and let him do his thing. And I, I often wonder how much would be solved if we took the time to retreat. You know, I see a lot of people, us included, that want to advance. We live front foot forward. We're believing for things. We're asking God for the miraculous. We want to expand the tent pegs. We want to do everything in our power to see the biggest life happen. But none of that will happen if we start doing that out of our own strength. None of that will happen if we do it from an empty cup. And I want you to learn how to cultivate your own time of retreating with the Father, retreating with Jesus. James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, but it can't work if you're not communing with God. And I wanna encourage you in here that anything that you see any one of us do on this platform or at this altar, it comes from an overflow of time that we've carved out to be with God, to let ourselves be filled with the Holy Spirit once again, to hear the voice. It says that the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. I know the voice of God. 
and it allows me to, to turn obedience into warfare. Because I know that a word from God will bypass any word from a doctor, any word from something that's been spoken over somebody. I know that that word is ultimate. But if I don't know how to hear the voice of God, then I become a clanging symbol, which is what pride is, when I'm doing everything on my own and I'm feeling pretty great about it and look at me, I'm so awesome. Or I become completely like a hot mess. <laughs> and, you know, anywhere in between, I guarantee you that if I just retreat, if I just get away with the Father, then He can tell me he can speak to me. He can commune with me. And it changes everything. Pastoring is a joy. It is not a depletion for me, but I know that the second I stop communing with God, the second that I neglect the Holy Spirit, everything in my life falls apart. Everything, it doesn't work. I remember Mike and I saying like, wow, we are in the deep end to where our life literally does not work without us being connected to God like every single day. <laughs> and that's an amazing place to be, to get your life into a position where it does not function without God showing up and talking to you every single day. Because there's a difference between hearing about somebody and knowing someone. So most people have Instagram. This is how I'm gonna explain this, so hopefully you can understand. And I, I, a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. I personally love Instagram. It's like, Holy Spirit is my helper, also Instagram is my helper. <laughs> I keep tabs on everyone. <laughs> I know like when to reach out or when to encourage or what's going on, but there's a difference between hearing about something or reading something and knowing some, someone. And I think that too many Christians miss out on knowing Jesus because they think that a casual DM or a like and a scroll on the profile of Jesus Christ is suffice, but it is not. Nothing will ever compare to knowing Jesus for yourself. Nothing can replace the intimacy between you and the Father. And it is up to you. It is up to you because God wants to give you as much as you're willing to reach out to Him for. The miracles, the authority, the breakthrough, the things that we prophesy every single week, those are things that we are confident in because they're found in the Word of God. But until you take the time to know Jesus for yourself, there is no vessel in which those promises can flow into. There is no space for which the breakthrough can come in. And I want you to understand that there is such an adventure waiting for all of us as we know Jesus more and more. My favorite time is when I know without a doubt that I heard the voice of God. And sometimes it happens here Sometimes it happens when I'm praying and doing my dishes. Sometimes it happens when I'm taking a walk by myself around the lake or at the beach. It happens in my car sometimes, but I know when it happens. And it's because I create time and I pray throughout my day 
I've learned the rhythms of life to include the Holy Spirit so that there's always a continual flow. There's always an opportunity. If God does want to speak, then he can. If God does want to drop a download, I'm here. I'm open. I am not a closed book because I am so in love with Jesus. And I am so in love with his church. And tonight, I wanna open up this altar. And there's not gonna be any ministry team. I love our ministry team. They're incredible ministers. But I ask them to stay in their seats because I want you to experience what it feels like to be obedient for yourself, for your own relationship with God, for you to come to this altar and practice. And even if you have training wheels on as a believer, that's okay. But you gotta start somewhere. We are a spirit and truth church. What that means is that the word of God is our foundation, but the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, he, I'm sending you my helper. Without him, you're, you're gonna need a lot of help and you're not gonna get it. <laughs> and you're not gonna be able to experience the fullness of all that God has for you until you begin to cultivate that intimacy with God. So if you guys could stand to your feet, I'm gonna pray. And then I actually asked the band to sing a song. And as they sing and as they play, this space, the altar, it's a sacred space. It's where lives are altered. And my life has been altered hundreds of times in this space. And I wanna open it up for you to come. Some of you, you're gonna come down and you're going to say, God, I surrender all to you. I lay down the worry, I lay down the doubt, I lay down the fear, I choose you tonight. Others of you are going to rededicate your life. You'll say, yeah, I strayed, yeah, I've been on the outs, but you know what? Instead of picking up my iPhone tomorrow morning, I'm gonna pick up the word. Instead of calling a friend, I'm gonna go on a walk. Instead of scheduling my social calendar to where there's no room for anything else, I'm gonna learn how to say no so that I can say yes to you. Some of you in here need God to actually show you your true identity. I had this picture of some of you guys looking in the mirror and seeing somebody weak, seeing somebody that is shameful or unworthy. And I felt God say that there's going to be this moment for some of you where when you go home, and you're brushing your teeth, you're gonna look in the mirror and you are gonna see a co-heir in Christ. You're going to see a lion and a lioness. You're not gonna see a beggar, but you're going to see a saint. God is going to restore the identity of you as a believer tonight. But wherever you may be, God knows. He created you. He knows your thoughts. In Psalm 139, it says that, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? He knows your thoughts. You're going in, you're lying down, every single thing. And he loves you. He accepts you. So I'm gonna pray. And if you guys just wanna lift your hands, I'm gonna pray and then I'm going to allow us to go back into a time of worship.
Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you invite us into a relationship with you. Tonight, I pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence would be so thick at this altar that nothing that is not of you can come near it. Holy Spirit, I pray over every person in this room that no matter where they're at with you, God, that they would leave not only having blessed assurance, but that they would leave knowing that they are empowered, knowing that they are worthy, knowing that there's a call in their life, there's a purpose for them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that they would tonight be able to hear your voice and that as they go home, as they read their Bibles, as they take time to pray, as they create rhythms in their life that are sustainable for a relationship with you, that you would move powerfully. We love you, Lord. We thank you that we get to build your church. We thank you that we are co-heirs, God. And we dedicate the rest of this night to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.